At Springfield Music, we started using Merchant Cost Consulting earlier this year. These guys are former banking and credit card reps who go and negotiate your processing rates on your behalf. Now, like most of you, we're pretty aggressive about shopping our processing rate around, so I wasn't sure they'd be able to save us much money. But boy, was I wrong. On average, they're saving us about 600 bucks a month. The deal is we split it 50-50 with them for so many months, and after that, all the savings are ours to keep. Plus, they keep an eye on your fees during this time to make sure those freaking credit card processors don't find a way to jack up your rate again. They're good folks, and they do what they say they do. Actually, in our case, they under-promised and over-delivered. They estimated about 500 bucks a month in savings, and it's been closer to 600 When you contact Patrick at Merchant Cost Consulting, tell him that Donovan Bankhead sent you. This does two things. One, they will pay me a slight referral commission. But more importantly, two, you'll get 10% off of your first month's bill if you choose to go with them after their free analysis. Listen, I wouldn't recommend it to you if it wasn't worth it. It'll only take a few minutes of your time. They handle the rest. Contact Patrick McClellan. His email is patrick at merchantcostconsulting.com. P-A-T-R-I-C-K at merchantcostconsulting.com. I'll even give you a cell phone number, 508-733-7622. And remember, tell them that Donovan sent you. So today I've got back once again Rand and Cindy Cook from Candyman Strings and Things in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Is that right? That is correct. All right. Good deal. And uh, like you guys just mentioned, you were probably the first, if not if not the first, certainly one of the first music stores to be forced to close. Uh, and you, you kind of had a unique way that that came about. You sort of got closed kind of twice, right? I mean, there was oh, one yeah. incident yeah. and then another by government order. So tell us the story. Well, I think we were the first music store in the industry to close, in our nation anyway, and we were the first business to close in our community. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what happened was um, we, uh, you know, business as usual, the first part of March, and on, I believe it was March the 10th, we were visited by Idris Elba, the famous actor, mm-hmm. um, who bought a guitar and a few other things. He's in town. He was in town doing some filming. There still is in town, but they're not filming anymore. Um, and I got my picture taken with him, um, you know, just uh, so I could make Cindy jealous that I was hanging out with Superstar. <laughs> and she wasn't there. It was hysterical, too, because he never fangirls and yeah. never gets a picture with a celebrity. <laughs> you come in the store the one time. Yeah, the one time I get my picture with the dude. Of course, that'll teach him for trying to make me jealous. So. Yeah. Yeah. Me in the butt. So anyways, um, and so that was a Tuesday. And then Cindy and I had travel uh, to the southern part of the state to meet up with some of my family. So we left. And, and at this point, there were zero cases reported in New Mexico. So, you know, not that we didn't feel like it was coming. You know, we were nervous about business and nervous about the situation, you know, globally and on a national level. Um, but it hadn't hit home just yet. So so we went on our trip and uh, met up with my family and we got back uh, Sunday the 15th. And then on Monday the 16th, right around the noon hour, news broke um, that Idris Elba had tested positive for the coronavirus and was self-quarantining. And of course, we had posted my picture with him all over social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, regardless if it was a famous person or, a, or, or just a normal Joe, we would have made the same decision. Um, but within 15 minutes, the store was closed and 
wow, it was like a bomb went off in the middle of our lives. Well, the store was closed and we all self-isolated. Um, and yep. at that time, we weren't quite sure how contagious it really was. Um, later, we talked to the a, a Department of Health official who said, you literally cannot get this virus just by being in the same building, either while that person is there or afterward. So that really put our mind at ease. I wish we would have known that <laughs> when we first found out. Um, but it was virtually no no way anybody could have gotten the virus in our store um, just by coming in um, after Idris is in there. But regardless, the fear level was high. Um, there was no, there were no um, positive um, cases in Santa Fe until immediately after that. And so we just continued to, to self-isolate um, us and our staff uh, for the remainder of those 14 days and learned a lot along the way about the virus. Rand had to get tested because he is the one person that did have, Actually have contact. physical contact. I think mm -hmm. he was still considered a low to uh, to moderate risk, but um, looking back now, um, we could have felt confident that that the virus would not spread in our store. But you know, you just you can't take that chance. You know, you feel such a responsibility for your staff, for your students, for your customers, and this is all unprecedented. And we, we just weren't willing to to risk anything like that happening on our watch. Sure. So you closed during that time, but then uh, obviously you found out that uh, Rand uh, didn't have the virus, so not contagious, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, but then uh, you were, were you able, ever, oh, I can't speak, were you ever able to reopen or were, <laughs> by the time that you were tested as, as not having it, were you then shut down by your city or Basically, the day that we could have reopened was the day that they announced that that they were shutting everything down. Yeah, we came out of self-isolation that very that very day. So good feeling gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's that's really difficult. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as we were uh, kind of talking about as I was planning for our discussion today, which you know, how do you really plan for a discussion like this? But um, is as strange as it sounds, I don't know that the feelings are actually the most interesting part of the conversation because the feelings are the things that we're all already feeling the feelings, mm -hmm. right? So everyone's already going through, you know, you're either feeling fear or panic or desperation, you know, maybe remorse, like for not saving or planning ahead. And eventually, I think most of us just get to acceptance of like, well, I don't know what the hell to do, so I'll just do what I can do, and that's all I can do, you know? Well, <laughs> we definitely don't want to say we're desensitized. I never want to feel like I'm desensitized to having any and all of those emotions you just stated, because all of us have been through those and are still going through some of those. But I, I think there is a level of acceptance, and we're all literally in this together, and um people are suffering all over the place. Businesses are suffering. Um, individuals are suffering. Um, so it's not just us. And um, I don't know. I think Rand and I uh, had a porch time session the other night, as we do every night. Um, and he had a really good analogy that he explained to me um, based on one of his favorite movies. Yeah. You've seen The Martian, right, Donovan? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, dude stuck on Mars gets gets a, the unfortunate spear to his life support monitor 
and gets left for dead on the planet and, you know, has to grow food. And well, I won't finish that sentence. Um, <laughs> he has and, to fertilize. <laughs> you know, I, I love that. I love that movie. And that's kind of, you know, to some weird degree, kind of how this whole thing feels is that all of a sudden we're all stuck on these separate planets. But but something that he said at the end of the movie really stuck in my mind, particularly, you know, when we were in quarantine and we really had very little control over what was going on, um, which was at the end of the movie, he's addressing these all of these wannabe astronauts. And he talks about, you know, getting to come home. And the the, the analogy is, is that is, is that you, you solve the first problem and then you and then you solve the next problem and then you solve the next problem. And if you solve enough problems, then you get to keep the music store open, um, yeah. you know, and that's sort of like instead of looking at, you know, next month or three months or 12 months down the road, let's look at let's look at tomorrow. Let's look at this week. Let's solve let's solve the little problems you know, both as individual store owners, but also now, you know, as a collective industry, we're going to have to start taking these small steps to resolve the issues that have been laid out in front of us. And of course, it's a moving target. So those issues are going to move back and forth. But but it's it's going to require that sort of thinking that we need to, okay, let's Let's take these problems one at a time as they come up. And if we, you know, if we can solve enough of them, then, you know, then we can really um, we can really save uh, uh, save this industry. And that's really played out with us looking back that um, each problem was a stepping stone to where we're at now. You know, the first the first stepping stone was, oh, my gosh, we have to close the store. We have to, you know, dry dock it. How do we do that? Uh, the second one was like, oh, my goodness, our employees are now, you know, ha having to be in furlough and self-isolated. How do we handle that? And then, you know, the next problem, then the next problem, then the next problem. And there's been sometimes several problems a day, but we've tackled them one at a time. Mm -hmm. And it's been manageable, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're not, <laughs> we're not as you're not and uh, nobody in this industry, I can imagine nobody's laying on the couch, uh, catching up, you know, on the trilogies or nobody's putting puzzles together. And, you know, unfortunately there's not, I mean, we're, we're working longer hours than if we would have just been, you know, remained if open. Life is just the normal. And I'm sure you, know. you can relate to that. <laughs> no, I'm sitting around doing nothing. Business is great. Like I've got a surplus of cash. I don't know what to do with. But, Damn, uh, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're getting in the car. We're on our way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am drinking heavily, though, and that might be messing with my cognition. You know, so, uh... all the comments are out the window. Uh -huh. Yes, sobriety's out the window. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You'll, yeah. you'll love it, Donovan. So, so we're in we're in quarantine, right? But quarantine means that we can drive in a car. We just can't go in. We can't get out of the car and go in anywhere. So I, so I, I called my favorite local brewery to find out if they were allowed to do curbside um curbside delivery so we went to our favorite brewers and it had a couple of cases of beer loaded in the back of the pickup truck yeah well, you gotta support I local business it. you know yeah exactly yeah yeah and keep yourself safe right. awesome. you're trying anyway. <laughs> so let, let's dig into this a bit because i i love that what you're sharing uh and it's so funny how uh, art and film and music can influence our real lives you know but uh you know, that pro that idea of, you know, you're really just solving the next problem in front of you. You don't have to think about 
you know, what to do six months from now, a year from now, a week from now, you have to think about like, all right, what's the next thing yeah. to solve? Uh, and that, that does, that does a couple of things. I mean, for one thing, it helps to de deescalate the fear and anxiety that you feel about your business because you don't have to solve everything. You just got to try to solve the next thing in right. front of you. And it gives your brain a single thing to focus on instead of being like a squirrel out in the road that can't decide which way to go. And then you just get stuck and then you end up, get, end up getting right. squished. And, uh, so I love that concept and, and without thinking about that personally or you know, uh, that, that concept itself before, when I rethink about how I've uh, led our company through this process, that's exactly how I've kind of handled it. And uh, so tell me, you know, tell me, first of all, tell me what the current state of your business. I, I read that, that uh, the two of you are allowed to go into your mm -hmm. business and ship products and stuff like that. Right. So kind of, kind of give me a, a sense of where you're at. Right <laughs> so now. that is correct. After the, after we got the, the closure order from the governor, um, we, we, a couple of days, couple of two or three days after that came down, um, we contacted the governor's office because we wanted clarity. I mean, we have, um, we have repairs, we have woodwind and brass repairs, we have guitar repairs, we have people's consignments. People were starting to ask about being able to get their property back. And so we wanted to know, okay, well, what are the, what are the rules of the game? What can we do and what can we not do? Because we want to make sure that we stay within, we want to do what is right for the health of the community. And we want to do what is within the limits of this order. We're not going to, we've always been a super transparent company and very, very ethical, and we're not going to break any of the rules. So we were able to get in touch with the governor's office um, and they got information from the legal liaison um, who, you know, processes, you know, the legalese of these orders. And uh, it came back to us mm -hmm. that we were allowed we're the, we are allowed to be in the business as business owners. No other employees are allowed uh, within the business except for um, our general manager who now holds the dubious title of facilities manager. It's just a little play on word. But that way she <laughs> can go in, she lives two blocks down the road um, and she was the one employee that we did retain on salary. She can go in and, you know, fill the humidifiers and make sure that the, you know, the heating system isn't getting ready to blow up and, you know, all the sort of critical functions of the building. Um, but they did say that even though we were not allowed to do curbside, not allowed to do delivery, no contact, um, we could... Um, we've been, you know, we've been selling on reverb and so we can conduct e essentially an e-commerce uh, type of business uh, as long as it was only Cindy and I. So we reached out to our community after finding that out um, and let them know that we were going to be there for retracted hours, taking telephone orders or, you know, they could email us a list of supplies. Um, and it's been great. The last couple of days, we've actually done some business and people have been tremendously supportive. Well, and one thing I want to mention awesome. is, and I'm finding out as I talk to other members of the NAMLI in different places of the, the nation, um, you know, there's, it's kind of different all over the place. So we, we, our governor issued what is officially called a stay at home, stay at home order. And she classified um, essential businesses, which are um, as you probably can guess, medical, food, yeah. veterinary, the shelters, things like that. And so we are considered a non-essential business. Um, and so 
uh, I think people have to be really careful about that because um, here, if you violate that order, there, there's criminal charges and fines that can ensue. And actually, while we were on the phone with the governor, um, the governor's liaison, um, she was really pressing us um, to see if we knew of other businesses that were um, violating that order. I mean, the, the, she literally asked us to wrap people out. And we said, yeah, well, no, 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 we don't, can't do don't that. Have, um, <laughs> but uh, we did see a couple of our friends who are business owners who were probably violating the order that said uh, that didn't realize that they were doing the wrong thing. So we've really tried to spread the news here on, uh, you know, just information we've learned and, um, and I think it's different all over the place. So that's what we had to work with. And we did know that um, because other people were posting on Facebook, how they were doing curbside and, and things like that, um, we wanted to get clarity for ourselves um, just to see if that was possible and what that would look like. Um, one of the things that was really heartbreaking to us, aside from keeping an income stream was, Oh, we have so many musicians in our community per capita. It's such a, a high number of musicians and they're all out there making music and doing the videos and sustaining people with with all of that. And they, you know, they needed strings, they needed microphones, they needed all kinds of stuff. And we we had to um, tell them, sorry, we can't help you out. So once we got that authority from the governor, um, we feel now not, like we're able to service, um, help serve those those customers and get them what they need so they can be making um, music. And we've even had, um, we are doing online lessons as well. And um, even like we had a family this morning that said, okay, I'm going to need to up my game here at home. Can I can I buy a, what was a yeah, keyboard and, yes, a, <laughs> a little keyboard and, a, and an effect pedal? And it's like, basically, he said for uh, the sanity of his household, right? So, <laughs> or, you know, so the kids more occupied and, 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 uh, you know, cause it's, it's, uh, you know, being a stay at home and the schools are closed and all that stuff, you know, the, the, the typical household is, it can be fairly stressful place to be in if people are getting, uh, people are getting bored, you know? Yeah. So it's a, Oh, sure. that as it is, so let's, uh, you know, to help salvage the business. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we all understand that, that same feeling, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I've been home for a few days and I'm already feeling that. So I, I totally can imagine how people who've been home longer could feel that way. Let's talk a little bit about the business in particular. So, you know, essentially a, a business operates with revenues coming in and then has expenses that go out and hopefully there's something left over to, to, to keep. Um, Obviously, the our revenues, unless you're in one of those essential businesses, have just taken a huge mm -hmm. uh, hit. And I think in terms of trying to save revenue, you know, most of us have either ramped up online efforts, have shifted over to, to doing <laughs> online lessons um, and, you know, possibly offering curbside service in the areas where we're able. And, you know, we've had very various degrees of success to that. And, you know, in some ways or another, they've kept some revenue coming in. But have you all had any particular standouts in terms of uh, success with uh, revenue streams? Uh, during well, the time? The, you know, of course, the, the phone your order in and I'll ship it to you is a very new thing. Um, and so thank, you know, thankfully we were able to, you know, get that started. Um, well, and, and that only started yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So we've had, you know, two days of it, but you know, I shipped out a whole bunch of crap over the last couple of days. 
Um, not and, crap. Or, or not, oh. uh, right. Never <laughs> that out of their economy. <laughs> And hopefully that'll continue. And of course, you know, we, you know, because this thing went down in the middle of the month and we're already a couple of weeks through it, um, we were able to pretty quickly move our lessons to online. Um, so the teachers are teaching from their homes, the students are at home and, you know, that revenue stream is, I mean, you know, when, th when things get bad, you know, of course, you're going to have massive attrition in your student base because, you know, um, you know, parents who are who are not working now or furloughed or, you know, everybody gets nervous about money. So, you know, we're going to lose a lot of students through this process. But at least we've been able to to retain a, a, a fair percentage of them to keep our teachers in in, you know, in some, in, you know, income stream and to have a little bit of income coming for us as well. Well, and to be honest, um, we probably only have about 30 students who have con um, chosen to do the remote lessons. And we have about 300 and a little over 350 students total. So use the percentage. Yeah. That's oh, just wow. not a lot of students. Um, also, because we had to close abruptly on the 16th, there was a, you know, a little more than a half a month worth of prepaid lessons that we had to uh, bank to student accounts. So um, a few of the students that did opt for the remote lessons with their teachers um, have gone through those credits or are getting ready to finish up those credits. And then they don't want to, or they do want to continue lessons, but then they're not able to continue lessons after those credits are used up. I, I just had, I think, six cancellations today for April lessons. And, you know, you can't blame folks. I mean, I had one mom say, I'm so sorry. My husband has, my ex-husband hasn't sent me the child support check and I'm not working. And as much as I'd love to have um, my son continue, I just don't see how that's possible. And, you know, I wish we did have a huge bank of funds um, where we could scholarship people just to keep it going. But um it, you know, it's just, it's, it's dire. It's, it's a dire situation. So sadly, I don't think uh, remote lessons are going to be a solid um, uh, income stream for us. I think now that we are able to ship products, that's probably um, going to help us. Um, you know, Ren and I aren't taking a paycheck right now and we don't have the, the heater on in the building and, and, um, Obviously, we don't have staff uh, payroll, so what little we are able to ship out, um, it might even still be a wash because here, I don't know what it's like where you are, we still have to pay our mortgage and um, and some, you know, our public service and, and all of that. But I would like Rand to tell you what he's been able to do to help offset those those expenses a little bit with the with the SBA and the yeah. The all right, so yeah, please, let's go let's blow it. by blow here. Starting with the day after we had to shut the store down. Um, so the first, the first thing is, is when you have no revenue coming in, you got to try and figure out how to stop the revenue from going out. Um, so the the first thing that I did um, Tuesday, the seventeenth, I guess was the date, was I brought home um, all of our all of my accounts payable. And I contacted every single credit manager that we do business with. And I got a 30 day stay on e every single invoice that we owe. So that was the first thing is take all 
the money that we owe and push it out nice. in 30 days. And because because we're pretty good, you know, we've been very diligent bill payers um, for all the years that we've owned it. We've kind of had held that ace in our back pocket with all of our credit managers. So that was not a problem to get that done. Um, the and I'm sure they appreciated you all being. Yes. Yes. Instead of just not paying the bill, they were definitely very appreciative. And we were, you know, we were one of the first to have to go through this process. So, um, you know, maybe it's an exercise for them and what's to come. Uh, so I was, you know, that, right. that, that definitely took some kind of instantaneous pressure off. Um, the, the next set of things that I, uh, started working on is, you know, what money is going to be coming down from the federal government through the SBA. So I got with my bank um, and we've, we've been an SBA client for 10 years. We, you know, our, our original business loan was partially funded by the SBA. Our mortgage for the building is partially funded by the SBA. We use SBA guaranteed length of credit. Um, so we've had a lot of those pieces in place for a number of years. Um, so that fast tracked us to being able to get access to SBA money. Um, now, unfortunately, it's in the form of a loan. It would be great if somebody would give me a quarter of a million dollars out of the sky, but that's not gonna happen. Um, so um, effective yesterday, we did get awarded a, uh, a sizable line of credit that is gonna help us basically take care of our expenses for the coming months. Um, which, you know, we've eliminated a number of expenses and it's, you know, I hate to be the mathematician, but, you know, what are, what, what, what is your largest expense? Probably payroll. Um, your second largest expense is going to mm -hmm. be your rent or your mortgage. Now with the mortgage, we, you know, even though we got to continue to pay interest in escrow, we got a six month deferment on principal payments and because part of that loan is held by the SBA, we have a three month full deferment. So, so our, our outlay of funds for, you know, for rent or mortgage has been cut in half. Yeah. Nice. Um, so now, now it's all, you know, for the moment manageable and we have access to these funds. And the first thing that I'm going to do with those funds is catch up on my payables so that I can continue to have that ace in my back pocket with the manufacturer's credit departments. Um, right. And then, and then we'll see how long this thing lasts. Well, and that's the big unknown, right? I mean, that's why we've been uh, reticent to borrow money is we just don't know how long of a period we're talking about. Uh, and I hate borrowing money into a, a, a you know, a, a situation yep. where you don't know what the end is. And because uh, if this goes on, you know, we could easily borrow the money to get through mm -hmm. a couple of months. Wouldn't be a big deal. But if this goes on for nine months or 18 months, uh, our, you know, we'll end up with yeah, well, more debt. If it goes on for nine months or 18 <laughs> months, all of us are going to be bankrupt. Yeah. 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 yeah exa that's exactly right. Well, there's a, a couple of things that we've done that, uh, that I'll, I'll just kind of share that uh, might be helpful, not only to you all, but of course, anyone who listens, but, uh, or, and some of these things aren't things we've done, but just sort of things that we've either heard of other people doing or uh, have seen. Uh, like you, you know, I think almost all of us, uh, we, we do what we can to get to prop up our revenue. But then once we recognize that's not going to be uh, enough, you know, we just basically started putting together a, a, a spreadsheet tool to kind of forecast mm -hmm. what our shortages were going to be. 
and then started looking through expenses to figure out where we could cut it. And like you mentioned, there are some variable expenses that we were able to, to cut, some services and stuff like that that we could reduce. Um, but we had to definitely hit our payroll first and hard because uh, that was just the largest place. And we did that through a combination of <clears throat> layoffs and, and pay reductions. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, we uh, started looking at other expenses that have, and just like what you mentioned with some of our lenders, we went to lenders and we were able to convert many of our notes to essentially a, a temporary forbearance without any penalty. So we don't have to make any payments at all for a few months, which is going to you know, kind of help us out. Um, up to this point, we're able to pay our rent, but we're concerned about it going forward. And, and uh, I listened to a really great uh, podcast yesterday uh, and the uh, person that was the guest who is kind of a commercial real estate expert, he recommended negotiating with your landlords to rewrite your lease during this time period where you have a few extra, a few months during this time period where you, you're, you're committing to paying a percentage mm-hmm. of sales as your rent. And because um, what landlords will often want to do right now is either mm-hmm. A, tell you you have to pay. Uh, which that's not helpful. I had one of ours tell us that. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> good luck with that. And um, But others will tell you like, okay, well, whatever you don't pay, we'll just you'll just pay it back later on, which isn't necessarily helping you because mm-hmm. it's saddling you with debt later. So what he was suggesting is reaching out to landlords and offering them a percentage of sales saying, hey, and he, he suggested starting around 5%. You know, we'll give you 5% of our revenue for the month. Uh, but that's all we can give is whatever comes in until this thing bounces back. And so we've kind of got that queued up for a couple of our landlords that, uh, that we may need, you know, that are represent some large expenses. Um, but, you know, other than that, the other thing that we're really interested in is the bill that just passed this week. And uh, I, have you all had a chance no, yet to review yet. any of that? So I, immediately once we heard it pass, we we started uh, looking through it. And I'm fortunate to have someone on my team who's got her MBA and she's, uh, uh, you know, basically an accountant more or less. And she's very good at reading all this stuff. And so she kind of went through it and, and read it. And, and from our understanding right now, and of course, we're going to be getting more guidance on this over the coming days. But it looks like through the SBA, you're going to be able to essentially get a grant. They're going to structure it initially as a loan where you can cover your payroll and you can cover your rent and uh, any loan repayments. Uh, and if you keep your, if you maintain your payroll uh, that they'll mm. end up forgiving the loan. And, um, and you can get, if I remember the, the amount, I want to say that you can, you qualify for up to two and a half times what your monthly payroll is. And it's, you can get it for basically like eight weeks. And <clears throat> so for a lot of folks, us included, this is going to be huge. And uh, even though if you've already laid off people, you can rehire them and bring them back and pay them through this uh, plan, uh, borrow the money to pay them, and then uh, ultimately end up getting getting it forgiven. Now, that may be incorrect, but that's our understanding of, of the legislation that was presented and passed through Congress and that was signed. Uh, so we're really eager to kind of hear more of what people are saying if that's what we're hearing but uh that's also kind of the the reading that other people are getting from it as well uh my friends over at the Wizbang retailers group and several of them have kind of gone through the similar mm-hmm. analysis to come up with the same conclusion so that could give us an option to pay our people to pay our rents 
to pay our other uh, a few uh, specific fixed business expenses uh, through a loan and then end up having the loan forgiven, which could be a mm-hmm. huge that just game changer like for all of us. It's too good to be true, but but could it be? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. You know, uh, we were talking about that in a meeting this week and, uh, you know, this was in there and I was like, there's no way that's getting passed. That would be really helpful. Like, that's not what it's going to be. It's yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. And look who's leading this country. There's no way that's happening. And like, I just assumed for sure that like it would be some kind of debt product and that at the end, you know, you, you would get out, hopefully get out of this thing. And you, you all of a sudden you'd have a new half million dollar mm-hmm. loan that you have to start paying on. And, you know, it would just be some kind of favorable loan product. But I was really trying to avoid that because our strategy has been pretty simple. When this is all over, we want to have a business worth coming back to. And so we've made very, very difficult cuts uh, so that um, our business just doesn't get overladen with debt. Um, we've made a, a couple of rounds of layoffs. Matter of fact, after this current pay period, I'm scheduled to lay myself off just so that I, like you guys, I can afford to go for a little while without a, a check and not paying me means I can pay some more of my people. I can pay my repair techs. I can pay some people that either can bring in revenue, revenue right now, or that are necessary right. to keep the business operating. Um, and so, you know, you kind of go through every way you can to cut those expenses and make it where when this is all said and done, my business is as healthy as I can make it considering what it just went through. Mm-hmm. And that's been really, really Very challenging. challenging. One thing you said that we can all, that resonates with all of us, um, you know, all of these offers for loans, even at 0% financing, it's really scary to take advantage of those because we know our future selves are going to be in a world of hurt if we suddenly have taken on all this debt and now we're, we're trying to get our businesses revived and mm-hmm. and now we have this you know huge new bill that we have to pay so that that would be pretty incredible and the reason well obviously we had to lay our employees off because we simply had no remote work for them to do except for the teachers Um, But we also had to lay them off officially so they could take advantage of the the unemployment program where, you know, they waived all of the the normal policies because we wanted them to be able to start getting um, income that way. But we're all very close. We're all a family. You know, it's uh, we want them all to be able to come back and something like that would surely make it possible. So I know Tim Spicer had texted us and said, Hey, did you guys hear about the new legislation? And uh, we hadn't, we hadn't read through it yet, um, Mm -hmm. but we were, we were curious about it. We didn't realize that it was going to be that good though. So I'm I'm curious to get in there and try to dissect it myself. Although um, some of that stuff's really hard to decipher. (laughs) It is. Uh, and, you know, there's um, there's people that are kind of doing the analysis on it. And there's some great conversations over it, uh, on the Facebook group, Whizbang Retailers. So if anyone's not already a member of that, you should certainly join it. And uh, I mean, that's I think it's, it's yeah, free. We signed to be up for a, that a, a while ago on your and, recommendation, uh, actually. And they, they have a lot of really good information. And, um, you know, I, I would just probably be most interested in the cliff notes anyway, um, after somebody else's who's smarter. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what they're doing, and that's what I've done too. Like I, I, 
my brain glazes over the more I read that stuff. So I'm kind of relying on uh, other folks to do it. And I, I think over the next coming days, we'll certainly have a lot more analysis of it. I know Nam is doing a webinar next week about it. So hopefully everyone listening oh, will hear this in time and can tune in for that. You know, so the other part of this I think is really important that I kind of want to hear what you talk about it. We talked about, of course, trying to prop up your uh, revenue as much as possible. We talked about just having really drastic cuts to expenses. But I think the other key piece is how you talk to your people. And, uh, you know, that process of, you know, talking to your people and being open and honest with them is so important during this time. Kind of tell me what you guys did and the conversations you had. It's interesting uh, because we need to go back to, you know, late February. uh, we were, we were doing all of our staff floor staff reviews, uh, Francesca, our general manager and I, um, were scheduled for that, that week, right. You know, before the, the last week in February. And, uh, and I was sort of starting, I think all of us were kind of seeing that cloud on the horizon, that dark cloud of this thing coming, you know, the cases were starting to grow in the metropolis areas on the East mm-hmm. coast and, and uh, and the and Italy was really starting to be dramatically affected by it. And so it, interestingly enough, during the course of these employee reviews, um, I, I started sort of warning everybody on staff, you know, the, look over there, you see that dark cloud. And um, and I sort of laid out a, a few scenarios that might come from that cloud. Um, you know, one of which was, you know, not much of anything is going to happen. Uh, another one is you could get sick and have to stay home. Another one is, you know, we could have to dramatically change how we're doing business and people's hours might get cut. And the that fourth part of the conversation is there is a chance that we could have to close. Um, I thought Rand was crazy, to tell you the truth. I, I- was talking about. I am crazy. Because this was like mm-hmm. three weeks before it even hit the United States. Yeah. Um, so I had those conversations and I also told everybody, hey, look, you know, now's a good time to, you know, don't go panic buy or anything, but make sure you got a couple of weeks worth of food. Because if you have to, you know, if you do get sick and you have to be sequestered, then you want to make sure you've got everything you need. Um, so, so everybody was kind of warned about it. And Unfortunately, or fortunately for us, however you want to look at it, you know, our our decision to close was very much made for us. I mean, it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of negotiating with the world that we had to shut down the day that we shut down. And all of our employees understood that. Everybody right. knew that. They um, had a heads up, actually. They had a little heads up, although nobody really thought it was going to happen. I wasn't sure it was going to happen, but it did. And uh, and. You know, the conversations at that time really boiled down to, you know, here's what what I have to do as the business owner is, you know, obviously nobody can work. So go get unemployment. Do it now before more closures. You know, being one of the first stores to close in Santa Fe gave all those guys the opportunity to get into the system at Workforce Solutions before it got completely overwhelmed, which it is now. Uh you know, there were only, you know, by right. the time they were in line, there were 900 claims. Now it's like, you know, 111,000 or some crazy number like that. Um, 
So, and, and the conversation right. too was, you know, I could pay you guys for a, a little while and then nobody would have a business to come back to, or we could preserve the, you know, what equity we have access to, to, you know, put this thing into dry dock so that, you know, when we get to the far side of this thing, everybody can come back and have their jobs back. And, and, I, you know, the transparency with our staff, I think was really, really deeply appreciated. Um, I've gotten phone calls and t I mean, we have a, we have a group text for all our staff and we stay in pretty constant communication, making sure everybody's okay and that they've got food. And there's a lot of ribbing know, and jokes and stuff uh, like that, that goes on. A lot too, of, so. Yeah. A lot of, you know, typical MI chaos within those threads. <laughs> um, but I think that, that, and, and, right. you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of, you know, of love from, we've gotten a lot of love from the staff coming back saying, we know this isn't your fault. You know, we support what you're doing and we trust in your wisdom. And those were, those words of support from, from our staff members have really helped me um, because I'll tell you the, 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 before we shut down, I was, I had a meeting with Cindy and Francesca I was in tears because I, you know, we didn't even know we were going to shut down yet, but I knew that I was going to have to start making really hard decisions. And I felt like I don't have, I'm not good enough for this. I don't have the strength for this. I don't, I don't have the skills to command, you know, through this wartime scenario that's creeping up on us. Um, and then of course it came down that we had to close and it became a little bit easier because then you just start solving those problems. Um, but, you know, thankfully we've, you know, we've mm -hmm. got a really tight knit group, uh, of, of crew. And, uh, you know, my hope is that this thing will pass in a couple of months and then we can start to build things back up again and I can get these people back on my payroll, depending on what the grant scenario is. And if I can pay them to sit on their butts, fine, I'll do it if it's free money. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that's, you know, that's essentially the way that we've handled it as well. And, uh, you know, we had some internal debate uh, about it uh, initially, but, you know, just we, the decision was made that, hey, our people are already scared and worried about this. So let's just be open and honest about what will happen and what we think will happen. And um so we just kind of started explaining. So here's what happens if we have a partial shutdown. Here's the personnel that will remain. Here's those who, who will be temporarily laid off. Uh, if we have a full shutdown, here's here's what happens with that. And just trying to explain to folks so they can plan appropriately. And, you know, doing it, of course, with love and, and care and explaining to them, like, if we had other options that were better, we would certainly do those. Uh, we're all participating in this. And then the other thing that we've done is, you know, we, we've called those those folks that have been uh, received the temporary layoff. They're, they're on our layoff team. And, you know, we've made it really clear to all of our people that remain like, hey, those folks that are on the layoff team, they're making really hard sacrifices so that the rest of us, A, will have an income and B, can sit here and, and make this business uh, function mm -hmm. during this time so that when they can come back, they have as good of, of a business there is to come back to. And so we need to, you know, show gratitude and appreciation for the folks that are on the layoff teams. And then those of us who remain, you know, we owe it to them to do our very best uh, so that they have a, as healthy a business as possible to come back to. And I think that's helped all of our people keep the right 
mindset and keep a healthy mindset. And um, our folks who have been laid off have been very kind and understanding. Like they understand that we had no choice. This was the best decision we could make for them and for the business. And our folks who've remained working, which our strategy has been primarily to try to keep our repair techs working because they're able to continue doing um, repair for either uh, schools or people who will create uh, revenue for us or by doing mm -hmm. rental repairs so that we're ready for rental season. Uh, and we've also tried to keep our online, uh, the people who handle all of our online sales uh, so that, you know, they can get, continue to keep revenue coming in. But if you're not on one of those teams, you've likely been either uh, laid off or severely cut back and, uh, and just being candid about that with everyone. And our people have appreciated it. They've, like you just said, they've reached out to me personally just to say, hey, we really appreciate the honesty and the candidness that you've shown during this process. And, you know, that they see that what we're trying to do, it's not just to protect, you know, myself or, uh, you know, ownership or something like that. You know, we're trying to protect everyone that cares for our business and that are, are, who has been uh, well, and cared I think for too, by if you're our sharing business, so. the information, if you're sort of a funnel for all of the stuff coming down the pike, and we definitely have called each one of our staff members for personal conversations to check in and see how they're doing. But we've also been doing the research um, for the unemployment. And um, there's a new, um, you know, a lot of our staff are also gigging musicians. And as you know, that's a, that's a contractor type deal. So there wasn't a lot of help for them, but then we heard that there's new legislature uh, for the um, gigging economy. For the gig economy. And there's an article, I'm trying to find it right now. An article just came out in the Santa mm -hmm. Fe, New Mexican, that the uh, New Mexico Department of Workforce Solutions is expanding unemployment benefits to um, independent contractors and people of that nature. So, so we're taking that information and making sure that that gets in front of all of our staff size. Um, there's a there's a fundraiser going on with our New Mexico Music Commission um, to donate to so that um, it can be dispersed to um, the the music and arts um, contractors in the state. So there's a lot of resources and that's really cool. We'll have to let everybody know yeah. about that. Um, and so just they really appreciate knowing we, we they our attention is still on them and we're we're trying to help them as much as possible with the information we're getting instead of just leaving leaving them out there on their own. And I think they really appreciate that as well. Some of them probably, I, I know a, a couple of our people probably wouldn't be out there uh, watching the news or reading the uh, newspapers and some of them aren't on Facebook. So they're not getting this information. So they really do appreciate us um, finding that information and giving it to them so that they can pursue whatever is available. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, so then what do you think is in the near future for Candyman and, and for you guys and your employees? Kind of what, what do you see on the horizon over the next, wow. you know, one you know, to honestly, four weeks? Uh, you know, I don't think I think that this that this uh, stay home order. That, OK, so first of all, effective yesterday, they just closed the schools for the remainder of the year. Um, a lot of places in the country have that, you know oh, we'll look at it on April 8th, or maybe we can get back to it on April 15th. Uh, this thing's not going to go away that fast. Uh, it's not. It's going to be, you know, I mean, the 1st mm -hmm. of May or maybe the 1st of June 
before we start to, and I'm speculating, I'm no health expert. I'm not a, you know, I don't know anything, but my gut, which has been pretty accurate so far through this whole chaos is that, you know, it's probably going to be two months before, before we all start to get back to some sense of normalcy. So I think the stay at home order is going to go at least till, until the end of April, uh, depending on how this virus moves through the state of New Mexico. Um, I'm excited for things to start to get to the better side so that we can begin to ramp up our services for curbside pickup or delivery um, and, you know, hope that uh, hope that the economy is in a good enough place with the uh, federal package that's coming down with the unemployment money that's out there that a lot of these people still have funds to spend on things like musical instruments. Um, so I'm very hopeful, um, but we're certainly bracing ourselves for a little bit of a long haul. Yeah, I think continuing to work in the confines of our orders, doing what we're doing, is, um, which is, you know, remote order shipping, and then just continually trying to um, take advantage of resources and the new uh, legislation that comes out, just continually try to... Um, I don't know, just take advantage of all of that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, you know, I, I often wonder too, what is it going to look like when this thing, you know, the curve is finally completely flat and squished? What does it look like actually um, getting the engines fired back up again? Is it, is it going to be overnight? Are they going to filter people in? Yeah, I, I, I fantasize about that and I have no idea what that's going to look like. For us, we're going to have to, um, I think for uh, in-store purchases, I think people are going to flood to our store. I think it's going to take a long time for us to get to the level we were at with our students. With lessons. Um, with yeah. lessons. Gonna, yeah. That's going to be a long rebuilding process. Um, but I think we'll get there. You know, I think as an industry, we'll get there. Um, and I think as a society, we'll get there. And whatever lessons we're supposed to be learning from this, I just hope that we're learning them. So real quick, Donovan, I'm curious about uh, where you're at in your state. What what are what are the orders they've put out for you guys? <clears throat> so there's nothing really from the state because we have a lieutenant oh. governor that's our acting governor and he's feckless yeah, and that's uh, too bad. super sorry, wow. any leadership whatsoever. So it's basically coming down to each uh, municipality and each city and town and each city and town's doing doing it slightly different. So in Kansas City, we have a pretty strict stay at home order. Uh, essentially, if you're not an essential business, you can't be in there. And um, now what they consider essential business is broad enough to include Thanks. things like liquor stores and cigar shops to so go figure that one out. Um, but uh and then in St. Louis, it's not quite as restrictive. You know, we're able to still keep a skeleton crew inside uh, the store. So it's basically a repair text, an online sales guy, and our store manager, plus a part-time operations person. They are offering curbside service. They're doing something actually kind of neat today. Uh, we have a husband and wife team that uh, uh, manage and work in the store, in our store in St. Louis. And they're doing like a social selling <laughs> Facebook QVC one-hour live thing uh, tomorrow and so i'm excited to see how that goes and and they have great chemistry together and so i i'm excited to see that 
Um, and then they are also offering curbside service. Uh, in Springfield, they passed a stay at home, but um, yeah, no, they're really not supposed to be doing curbside service, though some people are doing it. But what they have allowed is that if you're an employee that's essential to the basic functions of your business, uh, then you can go in. Or if you're also serving uh, first responders or uh, the educational community. So taking a loose interpretation of that, we've been able to keep a couple of like our uh, 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 leadership personnel that are on the finance side kind of working some part-time and then our repair techs because they're working on school instruments and so on and so forth. Um, And then also we've, we've kept our uh, online salespeople as well. Um, And then in our uh, community in Joplin, there's nothing there. Wow. Uh, you can do whatever you want and uh you know they're recommending social distancing and that's it and i think for them that's mm-hmm. because they just got like their second case uh thursday i think thursday or friday and uh, so it, it seems like from what i've seen until some you know you get a few of these and see oh. like oh we only have one we have two. Oh, we have yeah. six now Uh oh there's 10 like that's when they start to like do something so i'm expecting mm-hmm. joplin in the next week to get some kind happens. of order as well um, and you know, it's, we've been surviving through it. It's been difficult. Uh, but I've got a great team of people that have really rallied together. And, uh, you know, when I first started hearing this, uh, I'm in the master platinum mastermind group, uh, through Wizbang, and in our January, uh, onsite meeting, which was in uh, Los Angeles, Bob and Susan Megan were sharing about this and they were telling us like, Hey, you know, we were going to spend an hour talking about this because this could get really, really bad. And I remember at the time, you know, I, I think I'm like the uh, the lazy grasshopper and the story of the grasshopper and the ant. I was like, oh, whatever, like this will be nothing. And then over the last couple of weeks, it's, it's become clear that this is definitely going to be something. As a matter of fact, it's going to be the worst economic toll our country has likely ever seen. Uh, you know, initially, there's that feeling of like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And then eventually, you just kind of get yeah. to the point where, like, well, hey, we're all, you know, we're, we're screwed, same, but everybody's yeah, we're all screwed on the same island together. We'll work just through it, the, you know. We'll be good. Yeah, and so we'll figure it out. And the nice thing about this too, if there is a nice thing, is this: this the depression that this is going to cause is not caused by like mm-hmm. uh, you know an overvaluing of a housing market or a propped up fake financial market or something like that. You know, this is just essentially kind of an external thing that's that's due to a virus that's that's temporary in nature, and and the destroyed economy is essentially self inflicted. Uh, and I'm hoping. Uh, that once this is all over, that it'll come back more quickly than than maybe one would expect. Although I have no idea. I have not been good at pronosticating what's coming next with this thing. Uh, you know, I've just had to deal with each pronouncement and occurrence as it comes up. But, you know, the key thing that I think that I uh, want to kind of just share with everyone uh, as we as we close our conversation today is that it's totally normal to be scared and afraid and to feel overwhelmed. And those are all natural, normal feelings. Um, I think the key is to acknowledge those things and, and you can tell people you feel that way. But then like Rand, like what you mm-hmm. said from the very beginning, this is all about solving problems and find the first problem in front of you that you can solve, figure out what to do, take action and go forward. And I think the other piece that's really helpful is talk with other people, talk with your namely, talk with you know business friends, 
people that can like offer you advice and, and uh, comfort. And, you know, together we can work through most of these situations and challenges. And there's a lot of wisdom between our, between all of our networks and associations. Yeah, totally so we agree. should lean on that yeah, and we've done for help and guidance. All of those things. Time. And um, it's, um, it's, it's working for us so far and yeah, reaching out and talking with people like Tim Spicer and, and the Riscos and, and Gail Beacock and, and Tracy Leanman and Kimberly Deverell and, and Robin from San Diego. I mean, from one um, ocean to the, to the other, it's, um, it's really been a huge help being able to either commensurate or seek advice from, or drink um, together, or drink together. Um, with our, with our peers. And so because we are a few days ahead of everybody else, Rand and I are totally available. If anybody would like to, to see what our experience has been so far, yeah. uh, we're more than happy to, to hop on the phone and, and talk to you. Well, you guys are awesome. And I appreciate you being just so open and candid and willing to share it. And I think, you know, that willingness to, to be honest about our feelings and also help others where we can is going to be critical in getting through this period. Right. So appreciate you, Donovan. Uh, appreciate Thank you, you guys for doing, doing this. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. If you'd like help with your business, check out musicretailconsulting.com for articles, resources, and coaching and consulting services. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast so you're aware of future updates and rate and review while you're at it. Thanks for listening.